0: One, Everything You Know About Schools Is Wrong In 1909, a factory inspector did an informal survey of 500 working children in 20 factories. She found that 412 of them would rather work in the terrible conditions of the factories than return to school. Helen Todd, Why Children Work, in McClure's Magazine, April 1913 Running the World In 1919, in the heady aftermath of World War victory parades and an intoxicating sense that nothing was forbidden to the United States, including the very alteration of human nature, Professor Arthur Calhoun's Social History of the Family notified the academic world that something profound was going on behind the scenes in the nation's schools. Big changes were being made to the idea of family, and it was a consummation to be celebrated by Calhoun's crowd, although not by everyone. Calhoun wrote that the fondest wish of utopian thinkers was coming true. Children were passing from blood families into the custody of community experts. In time, he wrote, the dream of Darwin and Galton would become reality, through the agency of public education, designed to check the mating of the unfit, the dream of scientific population control. Not everyone was as impressed as Calhoun with the school agenda discreetly being inserted into classrooms beyond public oversight. Mayor John Hyland of New York City made an elliptical remark in a public address back in 1922, which preserves some of the weirdness of that moment. Harlan announced that the schools of the city had been seized by tentacles of an invisible government just as an octopus would seize prey, a pointed echo of the chilling pronouncement made years earlier by British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, when he claimed that all important events were controlled by an invisible government, of which the public was unaware. The particular octopus Highland meant was the Rockefeller Foundation. The 1920s were a boom period in compulsory schooling, as well as the stock market. By 1928, the book A Sociological Philosophy of Education was claiming, it is the business of teachers to run not merely schools, but the world. A year later, Edward Thorndike of Rockefeller-sponsored Columbia Teachers College, creator of a curious new academic specialty called Educational Psychology, went on record with this dramatic announcement. Academic subjects are of little value. His colleague at Teachers College, William Kirkpatrick, declared in his own book, Education and the Social Crisis, that the whole game of rearing the young was being taken over by experts. It seemed only common sense to Dr. Kilpatrick. Family, after all, was a retrograde institution. Why should mom and dad know better than experts how to bring up baby? The Control of Human Behavior On April eleventh, 1933, the president of the Rockefeller Foundation, Max Mason, announced a comprehensive national program underway with the help of the foundation to allow the control of human behavior. School figured centrally in its design. Max Muller? an Eastern European geneticist, inspired Rockefeller to invest heavily in control of human evolution. Muller was using X-rays to override normal genetic laws, including mutations in fruit flies. Mutation appeared to open the door to the scientific control of all life. In Muller's mind, as to Galton and Darwin before him, planned breeding of human beings was the key to paradise. His thinking was enthusiastically endorsed by great scientists and by powerful economic interests alike. Muller won the Nobel Prize and reduced his scheme to a 1,500-word Geneticist's Manifesto, signed by 22 distinguished American and British biologists. State action should separate worthwhile breeding stock from the great mass of evolutionary dead-end material. The manifesto can still be googled. What had been discussed behind closed doors in the 1870s?